đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you Welcome to this week's episode of Team Cal My Radio. Today, we're about to head off to August, so hopefully all of you students, all you kids out there are having, going getting your school supplies. Um, I know, I know, you don't, I know on the start of that Monday, you don't want to hear me talk, you don't want to hear me talk about it. I get, I don't want to talk about it either, no one wants to talk about it, it's just exhausting. You just want to enjoy summer, you just want to scream because school's coming back. Who isn't? <laughs> I probably won't explain it, but because you guys can explain it yourself as well. <clears throat> My throat is killing me today because I'm already exhausted from doing all this other stuff, right? And we're gonna get right into it, alright? So the momentum of Vanish Hong Kong piles up at a vintage second-hand shop store amid immigration waves. Rolls of Matchbox car. Um, cars line the shelves of nondescript of nondescript shops on a busy Shamshui Po Street. A rack displays magazines of yesterday, of yesterday in the year, yesteryear in the, in one corner, while a commemorative MTR tickets and Ronald McDonald's Happy Meal toys jostle for space in another. On, Ju- on a July afternoon, there are no more than half a dozen customers in the shop at one time. All of them browse intently, most buy nothing. Background violent music is interrupted whenever a customer opens the door and the din traffic of and they, and the din of traffic spills in. The two-story unit sells a hodgepodge of vintage items. Barbaders Ricky Lau who has a decade-long love of collecting toys, started a second-hand shop with a partner four years ago, selling the kinds of model cars and robots that he grew up playing with. In September 2020, he branched out on his own and opened up and opened the good, the bad, and the creative, stocking everything from cassettes, tapes, to mementos with the Colonial Era Royal Police Force emblem. At least they look. At least they look a little bit better than the old one, don't you think? Then the new one, don't you think? Now we sell everything. The, the 58-year-old told Hong Kong Press, you name it, we got it. The source of the merchandise are as diverse as the goods themselves. Some are toys from Lao's own collections, while others are on a consignment from fellow hobbyists. Friends uh, have also given him items lying around their house, homes and scavenger, scavengers and some stray pole. One of Hong Kong's poorest district came comes across occasional valuable items, but nowadays it's a kind of a new supply keeping the business businessman busy. Hong Kongers are empty who are emptying their apartments ahead of immigrating. They come with bags and bags of stuff, he says. They don't want to take it all with them, but they but they also don't want to throw them all away, so they bring them to me. At least a smart idea. 
Amidst a rapid change, political environment, and strict COVID-19 restrictions echoing mainland China's strict zero-COVID approach, Hong Kong has seen a sharp increase in people leaving for good, which is pretty sad, of course. Government figures showing that the change in the residence population since 2010 revealed a rising trend until the end of 2020 and 2021, when the population fell to 1.2% to, 1, to 1.3%. To 0.3 percent, respectively. Along school seeing following enrollment and companies struggled to recruit, Laos Humble Shop had joined the ranks of institutions experiencing the impact of Exodus firsthand. It begins around two years ago, he said. People started to tell me they are immigrating, and they and asked me if I was interested in taking some of their stuff. There, there are usually around one or two cases every month. Most of their things are popular culture stuff, like CDs, celebrity celebrity magazines, collect um, collectible idol cards from way back. Lao well, said so they are they're things that they have for twenty years or more. Pretty interesting, of course. Among the more striking items is the engraved mirror from a retired man leaving for the UK later this year. The names etched on the on the surface are his parents. The man told Lao and was custom made to mark their wedding wedding more than seven years ago. The handwork is stunning, Lao said. You don't see these sort of handcrafts nowadays, which is pretty interesting because not many of them they actually do it. The man also dropped off sets of tableware with pre-handover emblem. I'm not sure where he got those from. He probably had friends or relatives who were service servants before 1997. Lao said, referring to the year the former British colony was returned to Hong, to China. Actually, a lot of people love these pre-handover collectibles, especially especially these few years. There have been a lot of interest. Why not? They look beautiful. What's, what's, what do you expect? While immigrants declutter their homes, some are turning to Lao shop to buy trinkets to remember their home city by. Corn banks. Toys, games like airplane chess and early editions of Hong Kong Monopoly, these are all popular amongst people who are moving abroad, Lao said. They bring back childhood memories. At least they look they look good. They they look nice and they're at least less expensive. It would, it would be hard for them to find these things once they leave. The government has denied that figures pointed to a foreign population and plan to wave immigration, citing factors such as the Hong Kong's low fertility rate. Um, residents has left to say before COVID-19, being unable to return, amongst other factors, including the national security law as well. Yet findings in March from Hong Kong's General Com- Ch- General Chamber of Commerce, whose members employed about one third of the city's workforce, warned of an exodus of educated workers on a scale not seen not seen since the early 1990s. Lao meanwhile recognized that his humble his humble secondhand shop selling symbols of Hong Kong's past had inadvertently come to to embody the present. Some of his customers who are more left Hong Kong, he said, still occasionally message him across time zones. They are seeking made in Hong Kong toys. Rare finds following the decline of manufacturing industries in nineteen in the seventies and sixties and seventies. Wonder if he can help to source them. Times are changing, he said, but people still love to reminisce about the past. At least those things that <clears throat> they have is, is quite quite beautiful and quite nice. They're at least cheap 
and they're not expensive. I mean, those things are valuable. They are expected to get expensive. They're not cheap, and it looks beautiful. If I was if I was gonna go to Hong Kong, I'd probably buy that. But if I go to Hong Kong, I'll probably be in jail before I even start to go out anywhere. Because to be honest with you, if we see the protomox has been in prison for almost way too long. I don't know how long it is, but I've been there for God knows how long. I don't know if they're gonna be released or not. I mean, some people say they would be released, but there is no possible in, in heck that they're going to be, you know, released at all. And I'm, as I'm waiting for this computer to load, it's, the, 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 the connection here is, 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 is very annoying. I'm trying to get this stupid thing to get in, so. The thing about this is that if you're wondering why people are leaving the city, there's plenty of things. No one wants to stay in the COVID-19 um, mess where no one's allowed to go anywhere. No one's allowed to get out of the house. It's basically your, it's basically your trapped this point. Alright? You're basically trapped and you can't go anywhere. You can't can't sleep, can't walk, can't talk. Actually, no, I don't know about that. But when the government does that, you can tell how much they have overreached their boundaries. There's no boundaries between... The people of Hong, between the people of Hong Kong and the government. Once you force them, once you force them to force them to be in this kind of thing, they're either gonna revolt or they're gonna hate you harder. Because you live in time period, people can speak wherever they want, speak up their minds. Unless you live in a, you just sit there and shut up, and that's it. That's what the government's gonna make you, you know, make it's gonna make you do. So you're gonna have to stick with that. All right. Have anybody ever talked? Have anybody heard the news about the UK already? Well, I sure did. I heard about it already too many times. UK leadership hopefuls Rishi Sunak vows to get tough on China, close all Confucius Institutes, and he becomes prime minister. Well, we'll see if he can promise that. I hope he can do it. Rishi Rishi Sunak on Sunday promised to get tough on China if he becomes Britain's next prime minister, calling the Asian superpower the number one threat. Calling the Asian number one superpower the number one threat to domestic and global security, the former finance minister pledge comes after his rival in two weeks and in the final two of the race to lead the ruling Conservative Party. Liz Truss accused him of being weak on China and Russia. China's state-run Global Times had previously said Sunak was the only candidate in the contest with the clear and pragmatic view of the UK and China ties. Here's the thing, though, when it comes to ties between China and the UK, you need to be, you need to be practical, okay? If the government comes in, if a, and an authoritarian government comes in, and it suppress people, speak up their minds. That's not a free. That's not. That's not something you want in your in your government. Plenty. Of, there's 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 plenty of reason why you don't want that to happen. It's because if you have an authoritarian Government command. That's foreign intrusion and foreign interference. Even the claim, oh, there's no foreign interference. We never done any of that. The answer is yes, you did. When the Commons does that, that's foreign interference. When you said that we are, oh, oh, look, you, you are foreign interference because you, you have to intervene way too many things on what the China does. Here's the thing: Did you do that to us? The Confucius Institute are doing it to us. It's not like we never done it to you. The Daily Mail, who has come out for Foreign Secretary Trust, 
in the race to succeed Boris Johnson caused the endorsement that nobody wanted. Sunak proposes including closure of all 30 Confucian Institute in Britain, preventing the soft power spread of Chinese influences through culture and language program. That's a smart idea. If you guys don't know what the Confucian Institute is, it's basically a it's basically a program, I guess we should say, that comes in and basically it's basically like you learn, you basically learn Chinese, um, learn Chinese and the culture wise, you know, but. Is used as a propaganda and a soft power, which is what we call soft power propaganda. They usually is for interference on freedom of expression and freedom to write. Basically, if you if you if you say if you're in the school, even if you're not in the Confucian Institute, they will complain to the university dean or anyone else, and they might kick you out possibly. They give you a load of money. They the Confucian Institute gives you a load, give to the universe a load of money. Not like it's less, it's a lot of money that they give in, which is proof that's foreign interference already. He also promised to kick the CCP out of our university, which is the Chinese Communist Party, if you guys don't know, by forcing higher education establishments to disclose foreign funding of more than £50,000, which is a total of about $60,000 in the United States standards, and reviewing research partnerships. At least he's smart. Domestic Britain's domestic spy agency, MI5, would be used to help combat Chinese espionage, and he would help, he would look to build a NATO-style international cooperation to tackle Chinese threats in cyberspace. He would also study the case for banning Chinese acquisition of key British assets, including strategically sensitive tech firms. <laughs> Sunak claims that China was stealing our technology, and infiltrating our universities at home, propping up Vladimir Putin abroad by buying Russian oil as well as attempting to bully neighbors including Taiwan. He has said that China's global belt and road scheme for saddling development countries with insurmountable debt. Look at countries like Africa, look at countries like Sri Lanka. That's an example you do not want to see, an example you do not want to learn. And this is people here need to learn that kind of problem. People say, oh, partnership, 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 partnership. But here's the thing. If you look at partnership and you turn a blind eye against human rights, a blind eye against things like debt, you're screwed. Imagine you ask them to give you $4,000 or a billion dollars, at least for their economy-wise. And then you haven't paid back the debt that you gave them, they're going to screw you over. That's what happens. They screw, they screw everybody around. That's how the Communist Party would do a lot. They act like they can do anything they want because there's a super, because there's a second superpower. They torture, detain, and indoctrinate their own people, including in Xinjiang and Hong Kong. And Hong Kong. Don't forget about Tibet as well. And in contravention of their human rights, and they con- continually rig the global economy in their favor by suppressing their currency. He added, "Enough is enough." For too long, politicians in Britain and across the West have rolled out the red carpet and turned a blind eye to China's nefarious activities and ambitions. I will change this on day one as Prime Minister. Sunak's tough talking will doubtless please China's hawks in the Tory race, who have repeatedly pushed uh, pushed Johnson to stand up more to to Beijing. This is what I wanted. I want them to be tougher. But it is also a sign of how Sunak is desperately trying to claw back, 
call back black, uh, background on trust, whom the opinion polls have, have put well ahead in the crucial hunt for votes from 200,000 grassroots Tory members. The winner will be announced around September 5th. Trust have similarly urged a tough, a tougher approach, calling for G7 to become, become an economic NATO against Chinese threats and warn Beijing's of sanctions if they do not play by the international rule. Airlines both both with warnings from MI5 and, F, and the FBI about a surge in Chinese commercial espionage in the West. Yet British government yes, Br- yet British government's policy both. When both Sunak and Trust were in Johnson's cabinet, has warned about China before. In March last year, an integrated review of security, defense, and foreign policy caused China the biggest state threat based threat to the UK's economic security. What was he? Under fierce political pressure from Washington, it banned China, Chinese technology giant, giant Huawei from involvement in the rollout of Britain's 5G network. Laws have been tightened to make it harder for foreign firms, including those from China, to buy British businesses in a sensitive sector such as defense, energy, and transport. So at least they're inside the, they're in the wrong, right direction. At the same time, London has recognized that China's power and international assertiveness was here to stay, and called Beijing a, system, a systemic competitor. In July last year, Sunak himself called for a more nuanced approach to debate on chi- to the debate on China. We need a mature and balanced relationship, he said in his in his mentioned House speech as a Chancellor of Exchequer. That means being eye open, being eyes wide open about their increasing international influence and increasing to take a principled stand on issues we judge to country contravening our values. We'll see if they can do it. We'll see if they ever say anything oh we'll see who wins. I'm I'm literally I'm not saying I'm excited, but I'm very very curious to see what how this is going. Cause I've witnessed election around the world already, so we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see if he wins or he lost, who knows. I mean, still, if you expect me to say he, they're gonna win, because it depends. It's either trust, or, you know, or you know, Sunak. So, who knows who's gonna win, right? Of course, that's not gonna be great anyway. Police, Hong Kong police demand removal of sensitive items citing security law pro pro democracy cafe claims. A Hong Kong cafe known as for being a system. A sim- for being sympathetic to the 2019 extradition bill protest, has claims that police have asked them to remove sensitive items from the shop, signing potential violations of the Beijing's imposed national security law. Not one less coffee told Hong Kong Press last mu- last Friday that police went to the shops in Sun Wan day before and warned that some items on display may breach the security law, which targets secession. Subversion, collusion with foreign forces, foreign forces, and terrorist acts. According to the cafe um, proprietor, um, which is Miss Lau, three uniformed police showed up to handle a street obstruction complaint concerning a one-meter-tall wooden sign outside the shop. The police also asked the shop to put away some items, which they described as sensitive. 
quote-unquote, not explicitly saying which slogans or phrases on the publicity material were deemed as potentially illegal, she said. The Pornomasi shop said they put away a flag containing the eight words a few days late, a few days ago while continuing to display other pro, um, posters and objects. The Hong Kong court ruled on July last year that the eight-word slogan, Liberate Hong Kong, Liberate Richard of Time, ubiquitous in the 2019 anti-extradition bill protest, <laughs> was capable of inciting secession. The remaining ones contain phrases such as resist with you, I'm happy with, I'm very happy. I guess that sounds pretty cool, actually. Without any fear, sounds cool as well. We did not remove them. I'm sure it contained phrases like that, so at least at least it's beautiful. We do not remove them because we thought they did not breach national security law, she said. It makes sense. It doesn't. In response to Hong Kong Free Press inquiries last, f- February, last Friday, police confirmed Law's statement that the police officers urged the shop to stop to remove... To remove advertisement signs after com- receiving, compla- receiving complaints that it blocked pedestrian road. When handling the complaint, police officers also discovered that coffee that the coffee shop did not own a restaurant license. The force said they told the proprietors to obtain the relevant license as soon as possible in order to fulfill the legal requirement for operating a restaurant. The uh, proprietor said they understood and took the advertising board back into the shop. The police wrote in an email reply adding that the street obstruction could lead to accidents. Doesn't block anything in my opinion. Police did not respond to questions over whether the operation lasters involved warnings of potential national security violations. Like if they were going to explain anything. Law admitted to the Hong Kong Free Press that the shop did not have a restaurant license. According to the proprietor, they submit all documents required to the Food and, and Environmental Hygiene Department for applying for a restaurant license, but the permit was on hold after the FEHD received complaints on a daily basis over the shop's poor hygiene and unhygienic food served. The government's department also did not issue a temporary restaurant license as a result, she said. Now that we ask again, the FEHD said it would take around one month for them, for them to see if they can give us a license, Law said. In response to the free press questions, the FEHD confirmed that the coffee shop submitted the relevant applications on April 25th, but the applicants canceled the application on May 10th. A new application was was filed in May and mid-May, and the department's processing is based on procedures. The total of three complaints were filed against the cafe, the FEHD said, and and the department pressed charges against a coffee shop operated on July 12th, operating without license. The coffee shop expected police officers to pay frequent visits in the future, Law said, citing police citing officers as telling the shop that they would check if the posters and objects with suspected illegal slogan was still visible. Law said the shop would close temporarily when the officer was present and would open when they were gone. She had the police operations seriously affected the cafe's business, as customers are scared by police visits. They are trying to threaten us. They want they want us to feel feel frightening and chose to close the shop ourselves. Earlier this month, not one last coffee came under fire by Beijing backed newspaper Wenwei Po, of course. 
my favorite state-run ba- Beijing-backed newspaper one-way poll, which accused the shop of spreading independence and spreading the virus without stating the shop's Chinese name in full. The newspaper said some staff members did not did not wear face masks while preparing food in the cafe. Long photos taken inside the eatery, which shows a barista with a mask down to the chin. There were quite a few objects and publicity materials inside the pro-democracy shop that incited violence, the report said, including postcard with a black hat violence pattern. Some contained slogans as, We effing love Hong Kong, and don't get used to it, which said to have political slogans connected to violence in the protest. I thought we loving we effing love Hong Kong means I love Hong Kong. Doesn't make sense to me. And for correction, a previous version of this article incorrectly identified the coffee shop as no not no one less no one less coffee. The name should be not one less coffee. We regret this error. Thank you, Hong Kong for Press. You've done a good job actually. Cause they correct it is now not one less, not no one less, which makes sense. Uh, here's a war of what we can talk about. Okay, this is a theme for today. University of Hong Kong makes national security law course as a, a mandatory graduation requirement. I don't want that. I don't want to learn about the national security law. Do you think students cared about the freaking national security law? They don't care. Okay, they really don't give a, ter- a flying f. To learn these things, they just they just don't want to hear it. They want to graduate and get the heck out of school. They don't want to hear any of that. It's tiring, tiring. Okay, you understand? That? Tiring. We don't want to hear it. Undergraduate students at the University of Hong Kong will have to take an, an, an um, introductory course on Beijing and post-national security law in order to graduate. According to an email sent to all Hong Kong uni- Hong Kong University students on Monday, seen by Hong Kong Free Press, of course. Pupils will have to enroll in a non-credit-bearing course titled Introduction to Constitution, the Basic Law, and the NSL, or National Security Law. The requirement will kick in from, from 2020-2023 years, school year. The course will conduct it online and will adopt a sub-direct learning approach, according to email. More details will be announced on September 1st when the new school year begins. Including Hong Kong University, all eight universities granted committee-funded universities in the city have launched or will launch launch national security courses. You're stupid. Ming Pai reported on Monday that national security courses at the Chinese University of Hong Kong, Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, and the University of Poly- Hong Kong Polytechnic University will begin next school year. Hong Kong's Baptist University, the Education University of Hong Kong, the Linan University, and the City University of Hong Kong have already incorporated national security content into the curriculum in a form of seminars and workshops, being PowerPoint. They have reached out for Hong Kong University for comment. Meanwhile, the Education Bureau, in collaboration with the Security Bureau, will give pictures book will give picture books to kindergarten, primary, and secondary school, and say to raise the sense of national security. Secretary for Education Christine Choi said on Sunday. Through developing diverse, diversified reading resources, we will support schools to launch national education to strengthen students' understanding of the country and nurture their concept of the nation and national identity, said Choi on a Sunday at a Hong Kong Book Fair event. At the same time, the Education Bureau, together with the Security Bureau, all gifts 
will, will give all secondary and primary schools and kindergartens a picture book titled Our Country, Our Safety, and introduce a sense of national security and raise student awareness and sense of responsibility of maintaining national security through various themes and real-life examples. The Education Secretary also said that the, e- that the Education Department Bureau will provide subsidies of around $50 million for secondary and primary and $10 million for kindergartens to promote reading. I don't know why, I don't understand why you're giving this to kindergartens because all they want to learn is something different. They don't want to learn these stupid national security crap that we don't want to hear. It's annoying and it doesn't even benefit. What does it benefit the kids? What can you, what can that thing bring to the kids? Nothing. I don't know what you're training them about. It's nothing whatsoever. I feel, I feel like, what can you bring to the children, to the children? If they, if they don't want to learn it, they don't want to learn it. You can't force them to learn it. It's just, it's just, it's just nonsense. Okay, it's just nonsense if that happens. We'll read the other one probably around Friday or so. Hong Kong MTU, this will be the last one for today, I should say. I might read more after this. Hong Kong NTR questions over the deaths of a 66-year-old man found unconscious in the home home station toilet. Fan members of the, of the of a 66-year-old man who who was found unconscious in the in the MTR toilet and later died have raised questions over the transit's firm um, procedure and requested a full investigation. The man was found unconscious in an accessible toilet in Hum Station last Wednesday and was pronounced dead at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital that night. He was discovered by a cleaner over four hours after his family called the MTR Corporation to help look for him. Despite our MTR staff telling the family that they have already searched all toilets in the station. At the press conference held by the Democratic Party held on Sunday, the man's son raised questions including how many staff members were supposed to look for their father and whether the MTRC has checked has checked the CCTV footage. Does the MTR has any prescribed procedures for looking for a missing person? And did the station staff members follow the procedure? Did the st- staff members actually look into the accessible toilets that, that my father had found in? <laughs> if so, when no one was when no one when no one answered the door, why does that think that there's not suspicious? One of the men's sons said on Sunday. The man did not have any chronic illness and was healthy, the family said. They were also told by doctors at, at the hospital that the man has, might have been saved if he was found and sent to the hospital earlier. The MTRC vowed an internal investigation when approached by Hong Kong Press. We take care of the case seriously and will maintain communication with the family of the concerned male passenger to give an early account of the of the case as well as providing appropriate assistance to the family. We'll see how they go, right? It stopped short of directly apologizing over the incident, but said it understands and apologized for the inquiries aroused from the case, including how it handled the matter and communication issues. The firm will cooperate with the with police, share CCTV footage, and install motion detectors in its 90 accessible toilets around the station, around the network they added. This is, well, we're not going to read the time of the, oh, you might, you might have time, I want to read it then. 
According to the fan's family, the man and his wife were planning to travel to Long Ping from Mao San Vietin Mazaline to visit a friend. The man disembarked at Hong Kong Station at 5 p.m. to use the washrooms and told his wife, who had surged in difficulty walking, to wait at the Long Ping Station as, his, as she had seen at the time. At 5.25 p.m., the wife messaged the man to say that he, she has reached Lumping Station, a call sign at around 5.40 p.m. after the man did not respond to her message. The man did not, after the man did not respond to her message. The family called the police eight minutes later and were told by police officers who answered the phone that there was not enough information and the man was not high risk, a high-risk missing person. Stupid police. At 5.59 p.m., the family's called the MTC, MTRC and gave them a description of the man's appearance and told the staff members that he went to the toilet around 20 minutes later. The family called the transit firm again to ask about the progress and was told that the staff had looked in all toilets in all toilets at the MTRC at the station. Another family member called the MTR again at around 6.36 p.m. and was told again that all washrooms inside were searched. By 70 p- by 7 p.m., the six-year-old family had reached Hong Kong Station and were advised by staff members to spread the search to a large area. After the families tried to look for the man in some toilet and some of the toilets in the station, about an hour later, the MTRC called the family to ask about the man's age and height and informed them that they would send the information to other stations. By around 10 p.m., the family called Hong Kong Police Station again to for for help again. Three minutes later, a cleaner found the man unconscious in the toilet. The man, the family was informed by Queen Elizabeth Hospital around around 11 p.m. and the man passed away at 11:42 p.m. I don't know why. I don't understand why. If that, imagine the toilet that says occupied, right? If it says occupied, and you knock on the door and you like, sir, are you alright? And they're not responding to you. Do something about it. Do quiet. Do something about it. Don't just say, well, we, we've done everything we can. We can't have people come up and say, Look, the quiet, do something about it. If it's if they're quiet in the bathroom, is that suspicious to you? Yes, it would have been very suspicious. You'd be saying, wait, why isn't he responding? He's in the toilet for almost way too long. Like, sir, are you all right? Do something that makes him awake. It looks like he's he's gonna be gone if that happens. So it's best up to be a little bit smart if you're doing that. I know it's a little bit crazy to invade someone's privacy, but then again, if they're about, if they're in there and they're not responding to your um to your calls, then you are then you need then it's already that situation is already frightening array. So it's best up to respond and not you know be quiet on this matter. Always keep on the lookout on these kind of situations, you know. And thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy hearing this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and our, and Friday for our regular podcast. This is Team Cat on my radio signing out. <laughs> And every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.